This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The reports are running backs coach Stump Mitchell and tight ends coach T.C. McCartney have been released of their duties. That's according to multiple reports. And Josina Anderson says the Browns have let go of offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. But so far, she's the only one with that information. She was also on the morning show today. Welcome. I'm Jeff Phelps. My partner today, Dan Menigan. Baskin's out. Should be good for tomorrow. We hope. We like Baskin. Yes. We've grown, uh, we've grown accustomed to it. Tom Withers is going to join Quite us fun. at 11 o'clock from the Associated Press. At noon, always love talking to Josh Booty the former Browns quarterback who also played Major League Baseball. Josh is going to lend his expertise at noon. And Chris Rose, our buddy from the NFL Network, is going to join us at 1 o'clock. Josina was on the morning show, Dan. Yeah, so Josina's on the morning show when all of this news came down and kind of explained what was going on with all the different aspects. She started off by saying that she thought that the timing was kind of bizarre. And I feel the same exact way, Jeff. You look at the adversity that the team was able to overcome this year and still get that record, kind of the jubilation of being able to accomplish that feat despite the adversity, including not having your starting you know, quarterback. The news just seems very out of line. It feels weird, doesn't it? For the, for the record, the Browns finished just slightly above middle of the pack in rushing yards per game, 118.6. But earlier in the week, if you were listening, I broke down some information that it clearly coincides, the drop in the run totals coincides with Dewan Jones going out for the season with injuries. And they dropped 60 yards a game. When when Dewan was playing his last game, and I don't mean it's that Dewan's the whole thing, what I mean is finally all of the injuries on the offensive line compiled to take their toll. Jack Conklin, Dewan Jones, Jedrick Wills. Finally, it, 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 it sunk in. They were averaging 137 yards per game and were seventh in the NFL in rushing when Dewan left. And after that, they dropped 60 yards a game. Is that Stump Mitchell's fault? <laughs> I, I would say no. I think no, too. So, I kind of, I wonder, Jeff, if this is just, okay, we're four years into this. We've had continuity for about four years. It's time to get some new voices in here. It's time to get some new blood. It's time to get some new philosophies. It's time to get some new ideas. Because the only real person, and and I'm not saying this like, oh, yeah, this is proof that this, this coaching staff isn't that good. And the only real person who's walked out of the building of real prominence is Drew Petzik to go be the OC at uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Not Outside necessarily that, true. 
I mean, there have been a couple of guys in between, but that's kind of the big name that has walked out of that building. Would you have a, am I missing somebody? Um, your defensive coordinator left. Well, I'm okay. I'm talking on the offensive side. I, of the all ball. right, I, I'm just talking position. Talking offensive side of the ball through nine <laughs> through nine weeks of the season, the Browns were second in the NFL in rushing. Yeah, hundred and forty-eight point six yards per game. A part of me wonders if this is all right. It's time to get some new ideas in here. It's time to get some new philosophies. It's time to get some new ways of thinking. It's time to get some new opinions. I, I wonder if maybe the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, that whole group looked around and said, all right, it's kind of business as usual around here, and everything is getting a little siloed, and everything's getting a little stale. All right, well, let me throw this at you. If 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 you think that thought has some, some uh, credibility. Just a hypothesis, all right. by the way. Then... Where does the next finger let's let's go with Josina's thought about Alex Van Pelt being correct. And if he's telling people that he's out, he's probably out. If that's so, all so? if that's all accurate. I, I either that or it's the greatest prank ever pulled. That would mean in the last year, basically, in, in a year's time, Kevin Stefanski, who I think is a good good coach, and I think he's on his way to becoming an even better coach. But it would mean that Kevin has changed his defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. his special teams coach, mm-hmm. his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's the big three. There's all only in, one place left to point after that. All in four years. No, all in one year. Yeah, you're right. All in one year. Joe yeah. Woods. Technically, two. Joe Woods and Mike Prefer. Yeah. I mean, at the end of last season. Oh, yeah, so yeah. within a year's time. He would have changed, if this Alex Van Pelt thought is true, he would have changed all three coordinators, defensive, special teams, and perhaps now offense. What does that, is is that telling? I, I'm not the, sure. The defensive side made sense. The defensive one was the one that I think we all looked at. I and, can't argue with that. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth because I don't remember totally. I know I held out on Joe Woods for a period of time and then went, all right, it's time. You got to get out of here. Like that enough is enough. And I think you were kind of that way too, that you held on hoping if I'm putting words in your mouth, please correct no, me. No, you're correct on that. And then you hit a threshold where you're like, all right, it's time. Like you, you, bud, what you're doing here isn't working. So the, the Mike pre for one is interesting. Maybe it's just because they saw Bubba Ventrona and went, okay, that's an upgrade. That's somebody who can make this better than what we have with Mike pre for. Okay. I could get behind that if you think you can upgrade that position. Sure. This is the first one that I've looked at and been like, that's kind of funky. Something funky's going on here. Because this team like reinvented itself on the fly. And you'd think the offensive coaching staff would all be taking victory laps with the fact that it reinvented itself on the fly. You know, It went from a ton of shotgun, a lot of spread offense, into under center, heavy play action, just completely evolving back. And you'd think that these guys would all be doing their victory lap, and in reality, they're not. Now, is that possibly because you've got Watson coming in next year and you didn't like what you saw out of the Watson offense? That it's well, time to inject that one? Maybe you're looking for someone whose offensive philosophy is more in tune with the way Deshaun Watson plays. Right. And that's I, a possibility. I think that's a possibility. That maybe they looked at what they put forth last year in the five and change games that he played and said 
we can't win with this. This offense is too clunky. This offense doesn't complete passes. This offense completely out of sync. The quarterback doesn't fit with what you want to do. And maybe it's time to get somebody in here who can help to fit that. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Again, I'm just spitballing because I woke up this morning to this news and went, well, we're, we're huh? not. Yeah, we're, we're trying to figure this out a little bit. It's it's a little stunning. Through, through the games before Joe Flacco took over, so the Denver game, the Browns were tied for third in the NFL in rushing. Tied for third at 139 and a half yards per game. And then Flacco took over at quarterback, and the Browns finished 12th in rushing at 118 yards per game. So their average dropped 20 yards per game from the time that they were playing Deshaun and PJ and DTR once Flacco came in and started throwing the ball like crazy, which I that's not about Joe Flacco. No. That's about the Browns having to throw the ball, probably because their offensive line was not built any longer to be a dominant run-blocking team. This is what they had to do to win yeah. football games. I would think so. 216-474-0092 is the number to join us. Love your thoughts on this, and, and we're still trying to figure it out, out exactly. Yeah. Roman and Canton. Roman. What's up, bud? What's up, guys? How are we? We're well. I'm, I'm good, curious. Good. What's going on? I'm not sure. And the only thing that I can kind of think of is that we might be trying to sweeten the pot to keep Schwartz on, you know, in brown and orange. I think that he really changed the defense this year for the better, and obviously there's a lot of head coach opportunities out there. So we might be trying to sweeten it up to keep him in Cleveland. Roman, um, I have not heard Jim's name mentioned in any of the head coaching I was just going to say gigs. that. I, and it's Wednesday, so I'm happy that that's the case. But that doesn't mean that nobody's uh, you know, eventually going to reach out, especially with what they saw from this year. So, again, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, well, and I'm just as confused as you guys as well. So, so. <laughs> so here's the Jim Schwartz thing, and this is what's kind of interesting with Jim Schwartz, and I'm not just saying this because of how the season ended, Roman. Mm-hmm. The big thing that everybody came out of this season saying with Jim Schwartz and the big thing out of this game that Miles Garrett said was, no, we're going to do what brought us here. And that's always been the Jim Schwartz philosophy. There's not a whole lot of adjustments. There's not a whole lot of evolution. There's not a whole lot of that stuff. It's pin your ears back and go. We're going to play a whole bunch of man. We're going to have a rotation of guys. We're going to play this wide nine. We'll play cover two. We'll play inverted cover two. We'll play a smidge of cover one. But boy, oh boy, we're playing man. And there's not a whole lot of evolution that takes place with that. And that's mm-hmm. always been kind of a turnoff for a lot of people and a lot of places is the idea that Jim Schwartz's defense is, frankly, get after it. And the evolution to get after it is, I don't know, play better and get after it. So I wonder if a lot of teams are looking at that and going, maybe this isn't the guy that we want as our head coach. And again, right, right. I like Jim Schwartz. I think he did a phenomenal job. So just, you know, just throwing that out there. That could make sense, too. And I, I can understand that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we didn't lose a lot of games because of our defense. You know, we lost, we got it. Things got out of hand on Sun or on uh, Saturday because those two pick sixes in a matter of what, three minutes really just threw the game out of, uh, you know, out of reach. And I, unfortunately I had to stop watching after that um, because I, I knew it was going to happen, but also, you know, Maybe there, maybe I don't know about Bill Callahan's situation, but he's the guy that you got to keep on offense um, to to keep the culture going. Agreed. You know where it is, so maybe that's a, that's a possibility. What they're doing too, um, I don't know. At the end of the year, at the end of the year, which it is right now, unfortunately, 
I think that this team kind of outperformed what everybody thought they were going to do, especially when the injuries started to pile up. Um, this might be an opportunity to, you know, kind of shake things up and hopefully trend towards the right direction. Yeah. All right, Roman. Thank no, you. Roman, I, and I appreciate it. Look, we're all... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All spitball in here. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of a huh type of day. You know, you well, you make- and, and with more to come, perhaps. Right. Tom Withers from the Associated Press expected to join us at eleven o'clock. Uh, Tom will have some thoughts on this as well. So far, at least according to reports, nothing official from the Browns. Running back Mitchell, tight ends coach T.C. McCartney, uh, no longer employed by the Cleveland Browns, and Josina Anderson reporting. Same with offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. We'll see. And so you're going to want to follow this all day long. You can do it right here on 92.3 The Fan. Our buddy from the Associated Press, Tom Withers, is going to join us at 11 o'clock. And he can help us because right now there's some things going on in Berea that might make you think a little bit. Stump Mitchell, according to reports, running backs coach, tight ends coach T.C. McCartney, uh, let go by the Browns today or yesterday or whenever. The news has come out now. And Josina is saying that offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt has also been let go. However, she's the only one reporting that. Mm-hmm. And nothing official on from the Browns on any of this stuff. I'm Jeff Phelps. Menigan's in for Baskin today. 216-474-0092 is the number to join us. The the interesting thing to me here, Dan, is this. You just let and, – and before I say this, we all watched the Browns' offense this year. Right. It ran the ball really well early on, and Deshaun Watson was 4-1 and one in the games where he was the starter and continued. Obviously, the Colts game, he was out early, so, so he went 4-1. and one. He had some really good-looking moments. They won with P.J. Walker. Dorian Thompson-Robinson as a rookie came in, had some moments. Flacco comes in, saves the day. They go 4-1 and one with Joe as the starting quarterback in the regular season. It's if, if you just look at all that, you would think, boy, that offensive staff did one hell of a job. Yeah, you would. And that's that's the weird thing here. But... The running game fell off the face of the earth, but so did the health of the offensive line. And you didn't have Nick Chubb. So that's that's interesting. And then if you won with four different starting quarterbacks, 
I would think you'd give your offensive coordinator a raise. Instead, he perhaps is out. So, again, we're all kind of looking around right now just trying to find any trace of what could lead to this, why could lead to this, and what makes the most sense. And what makes the most sense to me is the fact that they want to bring somebody in who is more versed in a spread offense concept where you your quarterback is more mobile, more of an RPO game, more of a read option game, more of those things than what was in that building. People who understand that offense and are trained under that offense better than what was previously here. Because it, it and, and look and and that actually makes some sense. Right. It, it let's be fair. That makes some sense. It it's about fit mm-hmm. and skill set more than it is about competence to do your job. Because I think I think it's pretty fair to say that Stump Mitchell, competent. Yeah. T.C. McCartney, competent. Alex Van Pelt, competent. Seems like it. Yeah. So there's there's a metric that's out there that's getting more and more popular to be used in the analyst community. It's called expected points added. Okay? EPA. Not the Environmental Protection Agency. Expected points added. Okay? And what it is, it's a metric of every single play or every single set of plays that you use, are you adding points? When you use this, that's, that's the general thought process of using this. You can do it for rush. You can use it for defense. You can do that stuff. You can look up all the, the way it's calculated and all that stuff if you want, but it's basically a, a, when you use it by pass, it's how healthy is your passing game? Are you moving the ball forward? Is it moving the ball forward in an explosive manner? Is it giving you points, right? Which is the goal of all of this. Mm-hmm. EPA, the Browns passing offense was 27th, which basically screams your offense is broken. Your passing offense is broken. And that's even after Flacco came in and threw it like crazy. Correct. Now, remember, you had P.J. Walker and a rookie quarterback in DTR passing the ball for a good chunk of the season. Correct. So that that you have to factor that in. And you do. And that was the decision that was made from the coaching staff and the front office to have those guys in there as the solution and the offense that came with it. Basically, if you go by EPA, you had a broken passing offense. And if we all go back and watch these games, even with Joe Flacco hitting bombs in them, it still was bombs, and it was bombs away. But there were still aspects of it that were coming up short. There was still a lack of consistency that was really in there and moving the ball. I, I find it hard to I find it hard to point fingers at the offensive staff when they dealt with so much stuff. Correct. That's, that's the weird thing. I, as I said, I'm just trying to No, we're all just, process we're all just kind what of, is here and throw things at right. the wall. We're kicking some ideas around and here. And see what sticks, knowing that the real answer is about four of the things that we're going to throw at the wall. If it matters, Stump Mitchell was inherited by Kevin Stefanski, but you don't inherit guys. You, you choose to keep them. He was brought in by Freddie Kitchens. Uh, to be the running backs coach. So Stump has been with the Browns for five years. Kevin is in Cuyahoga Falls, birthplace of uh, yours truly. Hello, Kevin. What's happening, Kevin? Gentlemen, how are we doing today? We're, we're just, uh, we're, I wouldn't say we're puzzled. We're just trying to figure some things out. Yeah, I've uh, been listening to our fellow members of Northeast Ohio the last couple of days and now this, this coaching news. And listen, I am just as disappointed with the performance on Saturday as anybody else is. And 
you know, it was a crushing loss to be there and watch our team put a pile of, how we say, poo on the field and really get embarrassed. But, man, I'm just telling you, it seems like everybody is – this is a case of massive overreaction to me. I mean, I, I agree with some of the points you guys were making. I mean, and I think Andy said it. I don't remember Monday or Tuesday. We are the only team in the NFL that made the playoffs that lost their starting quarterback, their star running back, and we lost, what, three offensive linemen, right? Jones, Hurst, and Wills, all gone. And yet this coaching staff found a way. And, and I'm not even mentioning the defensive guys we, we've lost also. And yet this coaching staff found a way to plug and play and get us into the playoffs. And frankly, I think it's a remarkable job that they did. And whatever criticism I might have had of Stefanski preseason, it's gone in my mind now. I mean – I'm with you guys. This entire coaching staff should be taking a victory lap and say, look at how much adversity this team suffered in major positions, and yet they were able to get into the playoffs, which I think is an amazing accomplishment. So the only thing that makes sense is I'm going to maybe say Haslam, but I don't know. I'm not in Berea. Someone high up is having some major overreaction because if you look at the body of work this team put out for the entire season, it was extremely impressive from a coaching perspective, and I think they should be applauded, not kicked out the door, in my opinion. Kevin, thank you very much. Yeah, so that's been kicked around, Kevin, is like, okay, is this a is this a scapegoat for the season? And it's like, does this season need a scapegoat? Like, I feel like the scapegoat you, you, is the you, injury bug. You won 11 games. Yeah. Dealing with all the injuries. I, I Frankly, I don't feel like I need a scapegoat. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I don't, you know, we, we understand, but, like, you know, I, I went and saw Napoleon in theater, and it, by the way, don't rush. But basically, <laughs> you know how that worked back in the day when it came to history, which was, you know, it, it, the the masses were happy when a head would roll. You know, they they wanted that finality to it. They wanted Bloodlust. somebody to pay for everything that took place in a given season, in, in a given, you know, regime, I should say. They wanted some kind of the bloodlust, exactly like you said. I don't think we needed it this year. I don't think anybody was screaming. I mean, a couple of people, but like Kevin Stefanski could come over to their house, mow their lawn, replant the dead spots in their lawn, shovel their driveway, clean their gutters, and fix the cracks in the driveway along the way, and people would still want his butt fired. Like, there were still always going to be people that no matter what this guy did are going to can him because they decided to stick their feet in that water and were never going to leave it. The only thing I can think here is that they think that they have reached as far as they're going to go with the way things are being run on offense right now. And that it needs to be tweaked to fit Deshaun Watson a little more, a little more of a custom fit for Deshaun. I can see that. Okay, I, I can see that too. I, I can see that. And perhaps Alex Van Pelt is not the right fit for Deshaun Watson's skill set and the type of offense that might best suit Deshaun Watson. And, and there are times we saw Deshaun play very, very well here, but there were few and far between. Let's, let's be fair about that. He had some real nice moments, and you saw glimpses of what it is that they think Deshaun can be, but it wasn't there all the time. Maybe they think, hey, we've topped out here. We've got to tweak some things moving forward. That's okay. I would think the tweak would include a different play caller next year, which I find interesting because I like the play caller. Right. It was I, honestly, say. I think I think Kevin does a really nice job. They ran a play the other day. It was on when on Kareem Hunt's touchdown run. I don't know if you noticed it. They brought in Nick Harris 
to be a fullback in an eye, and they had Kareem behind him. And all right, so what do you think? He's going to follow. You know, Kareem's going to follow mm-hmm. Nick Harris, right? Right. Nick broke off left. Joel Batonio pulled from I left guard. I saw this play and went right on. behind Wyatt Teller, and Kareem went right behind Joel Batonio as the defense fades toward Nick Harris going left. I thought, God, what a nice play design! Absolutely, that it was just a real, just a one little play for a little bit of yardage, but it got him a touchdown, and it was just sweet. And this this offense comes up with plays like that all the time, Dan, and and that's why that's why I think really you're okay. All right, you're going to tweak with this. Okay, so, let's let's see what you do. The fact that Stefanski is as respected as he is as a play designer and a play caller, I think leads me to believe. I wonder how much of the design is is Kevin and how much is Alex Van Pelt. However, I, I do wonder that. Well, when they were in Minnesota, Kevin Stefanski got a boatload of the credit. you know, And, and he had Gary Kubiak sitting behind him, so it was really yeah. easy for everybody to point and go, oh, yeah, that guy over there who's got Super Bowl-winning offenses He's and doing that. is the biggest influence on the modern NFL offense that we have going right now. Yeah, it's him. Like it would have been really easy for people to have pointed at Gary Kubiak sitting in the booth and saying, "Oh yeah, he's doing all of it," and that guy down there is is a stooge. So it would have been really easy, and that wasn't the case. Everybody went, "No, this is the guy that's designing it." He brought Gary Kubiak in because he wanted to bounce stuff off him to help him build the screen game that was taking place in Minnesota and the run game and all of that stuff. But in reality, this was Kevin Stefanski's brainchild. So I wonder if whoever they bring in to be a quote-unquote offensive coordinator or to be whoever, I don't think it's if, as simple. If, in fact, they make a move. I don't think it's as simple as you saying, okay, the next person who comes in might be the one calling plays. Why would Kevin Stefanski give that up when it's been successful? Yeah, that's Or at weird. least some level well, of success. And why would you move on if Alex Van Pelt is indeed out when this has had some level of success? Right. Tom Withers oh, covers Cleveland sports for the Associated Press. He's all over the Browns. He's joining us next. Right here on Basket and Phelps with Menigan in for Andy. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.